Hello, and welcome to One Pot at a Time. I'm David. And I'm Leanne. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 8. Leanne, what happened? <laughs> oh, I love that title. <laughs> <laughs> Best title. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> my, my thoughts on all the other titles. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> no, that that's a question aimed squarely at the snowman's tail. <laughs> what happened here? You could just walk me through... <laughs> What happened? What happened? <laughs> what happened? I'm glad you asked, because we're going to get into it in this episode. We're going to fully dissect exactly what happened. Any overall thoughts before we jump in? Pre-thoughts? Um, I liked this episode a lot. Mm-hmm. It feels like such an interesting way to go about the reintroduction of Victor to the storyline. Mm-hmm. to go through flashback and I think that really helps um, make him a more compelling character and a more complex character mm-hmm. uh, and it never really like apologizes or justifies like his actions from like season one mm-hmm. um, but I think it just like makes him a more well-rounded character and I think by the end of it you really like he's the actor he's like i think he really just like really sells the scenes that he's in mm-hmm. and uh, there's like a scene with elena too that i think by the end of it you're just like fully invested in both characters where i think that um without like being a great actor that he is and without like this flashback scenes that we'll get to um i think you'd be missing that mm-hmm. um, but i thought this was a very strong episode and I also liked that we got, like, the guest star, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, did you have any other thoughts? I like the, yeah, like you said, how they use flashback. And then it's a lot of, like, just parallels. Like, why did this happen? And they flashback. And they mm-hmm. go back to, like, flash forward. And you see the change in Victor from mm-hmm. when he was, like, younger, when they had Elena, to, like, now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think it was a really strong episode. And then they bring up a certain time that I do remember. Um, yeah, I, I like totally forgot that that was part of it. But mm-hmm. I was like, I like I feel like it could be like really cheap uh-huh. in some storytelling like instances to like bring that up mm-hmm. and just like a way to like create shock value and to like get people talking about it. Like, oh my god, like I can't believe this was going on this whole time but like mm-hmm. that they bring it up i feel like it strengthens the story and like the who these characters are mm-hmm. if we're talking about the same thing yeah <laughs> well, but it's even like in, more interesting because they don't even exactly say what it, we know yeah because of that's true we know what it is but they don't even like explicitly like say yeah what it is uh-huh. so i think that was like really strong on their part too yeah that's very true. If you were, like, born after, like, 2004 or something, mm-hmm. you'd probably have to go, like, oh, right, like, that was... that's that's what this is. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like watching it, I was like, when you see, like, the years pop up, I didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. But then when it pops up the second time and you see, like, 
what's going on. You're like, oh, duh, yeah. Yeah. Like, how did I think that wasn't going to factor into the story, mm-hmm. especially who these characters are? I feel like we're talking, <laughs> like, <laughs> circles around what's going on. <laughs> so let's just get into it. One day at a time. The big thing here is that, that there's no cold opening. We jump right into um, the theme song. Oh, right. Yeah. That's why no I don't have any notes on where the IOC is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the things that just kind of sets you up to like, oh, hey, it's going to be a little different this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we obviously have flashbacks this one, so it could be about that. But sometimes, you know, having like the the cold opening and then the title sequence and then the rest of the episode, mm-hmm. uh, like the cold opening can sometimes be like separated from the episode or just like mm-hmm. maybe it's a little joke and like then you move on to the episode yeah where there's a lot of like laughs in this episode but it definitely seems like more serious and so the lack of cold opening is just kind of like hey we just need this to like flow together flow. yeah yeah we start in a hospital room and it says 2001 and we see a young penelope holding elena for the first time mm-hmm. and for the rest of this episode and the flashbacks, um, I will be calling this, like, small child Bibi Lena. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is what I'm calling her, Bibi Lena. Bibi Lena. Lowercase b, lowercase b, apostrophe, uppercase l-e-n-a. Mm. Bibi Lena. Bibi Lena. Bibi Lena. Um, and Victor comes in with the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, she's just been, like, giving birth to Elena and, like, their first child... And Victor kind of comes in with, like, a joke. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, very jarring. Um, it's like we haven't seen this, like, lighthearted, jokey side of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just, like, interesting. Um, and we get more of that in this episode. And so they're kind of going back and forth. And, like, the nurse is there. And she's like, okay, you're, like, free to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just see them as a couple in a way that we hadn't. Yeah. And see them interac- interacting very, like, lovingly and like lightheartedly and i just think that's really interesting and kind mm-hmm. of fun uh we also get a young dr berkowitz <laughs> wandering into the room saying he was looking for somewhere to cry <laughs> <laughs> so we see that nothing's really changed except for his hair <laughs> yeah, except for his hair yeah and uh, he's wearing like thick rimmed black glasses mm-hmm. um but they they don't know who he is mm-hmm. and uh, she has a funny line here Wow. Yeah. I pity the sorry-ass nurse that has to work for that guy. <laughs> One of the things he says is he loves coming to the maternity ward after losing a patient. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. He's like, they're still alive. They're just avoiding me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so Victor takes Bibilena, and he's saying that, like, Berto installed the car seat. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, yeah, Berto is still alive. Mm-hmm. Victor is, like, looking at... Bibi Lena, how she will be known henceforth. Uh, and he says, like, I can't even imagine making this girl mad at me. Cut to the apartment. Elena comes, like, running in, yelling at Alex. Mm-hmm. And uh, she tells Penelope, like, he's been lying about having a girlfriend. Like, how could you do this to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lydia's response is, Papito's gay too? Yeah. <laughs> that means I'll be the only woman he's ever loved. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. You could just see that, like, Elena is, like, very mad at Alex and, like, even more mad at Victor. Mm-hmm. And, if we're, like, we've just seen him be, like, so loving to, mm-hmm. like, an infant. Yeah. <laughs> Her. 
And so that was, like, one of those, like, editing choices, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like, revealed that Alex has been texting Victor secretly because he doesn't want to upset the family. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I know, like, you you hate dad, like, Elena hates dad, like, we just have to, like, do this secretly. And it was, like, his idea because we didn't want to upset anybody. And then it was like, I thought you had my back. And she's like, I can never forgive you now. Mm-hmm. And so I think that our Alex is also too, like, what are we supposed to do? Just, like, ignore him forever? Like, he's our dad? Like, what, yeah. is, the, what is the protocol here? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Lydia kind of goes into, like, yeah, it's possible. Like, she <laughs> yeah. hasn't really spoke to her sister Mitha for over 30 years. Yeah. And Penelope's like, you don't know why. <laughs> yeah, you don't even know what she did. <laughs> and uh, Lydia's like, she knows what she did. She knows what she did. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, like, one of these situations where Penelope, like, there's no clear right or wrong answer, like, everyone is kind of justified to feel how they feel Mm -hmm. um so it's not like she can chastise alex or penelope or alex or elena for like feeling the way they feel because those are just like feelings Mm -hmm. so then we get another flashback to um young lydia and young berto walking into the apartment Mm -hmm. and this is just kind of uh rita moreno (laughs) like she's not wearing a wig yeah. <laughs> this is just Rita Moreno. We get Tony Plana. Of course, mm-hmm. Tony Plana is playing Berto. And so we see him walk into the apartment. And, like, we've talked about him in the past, but, like, he's a real famous Latino actor. I think he's Cuban. They're, like, in the empty apartment because they're just mm-hmm. moving in. And Lydia's talking about how Mirta took her mantilla and never returned it. Mm-hmm. And so we get in. This is, like, why she's mad at her, but Lydia had already forgotten. Yeah. And, uh,. Alberto is like, no, don't even, like, worry about it. It's just, like, a mantilla. And she's like, no, but, like, I stole it from my grandma, grandmother who stole it from her grandmother who stole <laughs> it from her grandmother. And so it's just kind of this thing. And is this the thing from the first episode of season three? Hmm. In the oh, funeral the... episode? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the, the, like, object that they're fighting mm-hmm. over. And that is Mirta, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. So that's that's fun that they like follow <laughs> that thread, mm-hmm. but we see Penelope wheeling uh, Bibi Lena into the apartment, and uh, <laughs> hit me with that uh, soundboard, <laughs> Bibi Lena. <laughs> Lydia is talking about like piercing her ears, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but Penelope's like, no, like this is my baby, it's my decision, <laughs> and so it's kind of just following with like. Lydia's like hyper femininity, like wanting to pierce the baby's ears, mm-hmm. and uh, this is born. Yeah, but that's just like such a thing in like Latinx culture. Mm-hmm. Like they they'll pierce the baby's ears like three weeks after they're born. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like one of those things that I feel like is more like talked about now, but before it was like, well, how do you like know that it's a girl? Which is yeah. like what they get to later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Now people are, like, a little more conscious of, like, oh, yeah, we are kind of making these decisions mm-hmm. <laughs> without, like, regard for how this child may feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... Oh, my God. That just reminds me of, like, gender reveal parties. Yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> With the soundboard. Wah, wah. <laughs> um, so then a young Schneider walks in with frosted tips. 
He's looking like Guy uh, Fieri. Shell necklace. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the 2001 fashion. <laughs> and uh, he says, what's up? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> He's like, you guys are Mexican? <laughs> I recognize the lingo. Um, <laughs> I, I put... He looks like a character from a goofy movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Max goes to college. Yeah. <laughs> One of the, like, skater bros yeah. in the fraternity. <laughs> um, but immediately, like, um, Berto can't stand Schneider. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm going to go to the car. <laughs> yeah. Schneider looks at uh, Bibilena and is like, is that a boy? <laughs> like, so who's cute. this little guy? Yeah, who's this little guy? Yeah. And... Uh, they kind of look at each other like, see, like she needs earrings. Yeah. And Lydia mentions that like every time she um she throws up every time she puts a dress on her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Penelope um also talks to Schneider. Schneider kind of like flirts with her a little bit too. Was he? Or like he's just trying to figure out if she's single or not. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're mm-hmm. right. He's like single mother or something. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's true. I forgot about that. But she's like. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go back to med school to be a doctor while my husband's uh, starting a security company with his uh, friends from the army. She's like, I don't know why I'm telling you all this stuff. <laughs> and then uh, Victor walks in with Berto, and there's a quote here. Caballero, por favor, let me. Oye, chico, I got it. But I just got out of the army. I'm strong. I escaped Cuba. I am stronger. <laughs> Okay, macho men. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but it was just like you can see these like hints of like tox- toxic masculinity like mm-hmm. throughout, even when like they were younger. Yeah, they were or, younger. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was like the thing in the hospital where she was like no intercourse for like six weeks, and he's like, he's, like six, six weeks. weeks. <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on, chill out, chill out, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> she hit me with that soundboard. Buddy, <laughs> chill out, buddy. <laughs> One of the things that they that Berto and Lydia announce is that they're moving into the apartment. Like that's their plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Penelope and Victor didn't know that <laughs> before, and so they're kind of like, "You need help taking care of the baby." Like this kind of just what we'll do. Like we're gonna do this. And uh, Penelope is kind of not too happy with the idea. But Victor is kind of fine with it. <laughs> like, yeah. He seems surprisingly, like, accepting of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because he knows that, like, yeah, we're going to need help, like, to just to take care of everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, because we're going to be gone. And uh, he's like, you could take the bedroom next to next to ours. Mm-hmm. And he also mentions we can clear out the dining room. <laughs> yeah. And put a bed there. And didn't Lydia say, like, I don't want a curtain. A curtain is just a... A wall oh. without respect or something, yeah. without dignity. <laughs> and so Penelope, like, takes him aside and is like, I don't want them, to, like, to live with us. Mm-hmm. She's like, all, like, every Latino that I know that has kids moves in with their parents. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be that. Like, I, I, that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. But Victor is like, look, like, we are going to need the help that they can offer us. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like, begrudgingly she accepts it because she realizes, yeah, like, we could use help. Mm-hmm. So they toast to their new living arrangement, right? Yeah. And uh, Elena's ears have already been pierced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were just talking about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So then we uh, go back to present timeline, and we arrive at Victor's apartment or wherever it is he's staying. I don't think it's a hotel. Airbnb, is maybe. It? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Penelope arrives to talk to him, and uh, she's pretty upset that he went behind her back. Mm-hmm. You're gonna like meet up with Alex behind my back, and he's like, he's my son. I deserve to meet with him. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, what about your daughter? Like, you deserve to meet with her, too? Mm-hmm. He's kind of He's like... been kind of chill up until that point, but you're right. Yeah. He's like, uh, like, I'm mad that, like, you paraded her around in a suit telling everyone she was gay, despite I told you, like, the whole gay thing, whatever, to keep it between us. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you're like, after seeing the flashbacks, you're like, okay, I'm ready to give this guy another chance. Mm-hmm. And those are, like, the first words out of his mouth. You're like, oh, <laughs> never mind. Never <laughs> mind. Take it back. <laughs> Keep those words in your mouth. <laughs> Soundboard. <laughs> Keep those words in your mouth. <laughs> hey everyone, David here. Just popping in to say that we had to change our microphone setup so the rest of this episode's audio isn't as clear. But this was such a great episode and we didn't want to stop our conversation. So thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the episode. One, day at a time. One of the things Victor says is that He's already been, like, um, chided by Alex, right? Mm-hmm. And so Penelope kind of smiles at that, like, oh, like, Alex was kind of defending Elena. Mm-hmm. I think that's also kind of a nice little thing for him. It's like, yeah, Alex knows that, like, what Victor did was wrong, and, like, he wants to confront him about it, even though he would like to continue to have a relationship with his dad. Mm-hmm. And so Penelope asks if he's ever going to talk to his daughter again. And he's like, of course. But Penelope also says that it's almost been a year and, like, you haven't spoken to her at all. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, another one of these timeline things that we finally get, like, a little confirmation here, like, how long it's been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it kind of does seem more major after <laughs> you know yeah. that it's been a year. Because uh, I don't think we've had any clue to that. It seems like, yeah, dude, like, you need to talk to your family if you even want a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And then Penelope remarks that, like, I've never seen anyone love someone as much as you loved uh, Elena as a baby. And they, like, flash back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he's, like, singing to her in their, like, living room. Mm -hmm. And uh, Penelope is, like, waking up. And she goes to the kitchen and Lydia has a coffee for her made. Yeah. And she's, like, looking at the sliding doors in the kitchen. In the kitchen. She's like, these are very cool, very convenient. I like Mm -hmm. the way these are doing. Oh, it makes things very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says it makes things very dramatic. Mm-hmm. You're right. So Penelope starts breastfeeding um, baby Elena, and she turns on the TV to see news reports. Mm-hmm. This is like the big thing in the episode, how we talked. There was like a turn at mm-hmm. some point in the episode. And they don't actually say like terrorist attack or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like very clear that it's 9-11. Mm-hmm. Uh, September 11th, 2001. And what we hear, I think, are, like, actual news reports. I think it's literally Katie Couric. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering. And so we see, like, um, Penelope kind of reacting in horror to, like, what she's seeing on TV. Mm-hmm. We also get, like, a little, like, transition to, like, later on in the evening um, with the whole family sitting in the living room watching TV and hearing uh, George W. Bush, who was the president at the time, uh, giving, like, his speech that he did, I think, mm-hmm. like, that same day. Mm-hmm. And so they're all just kind of in shock, you know, kind of hearing what's going on. I spoke to Brian earlier. Does he know anything? 
No, but he's re-enlisting. decisions so so that they could be free we're doing the same for elena it's all about her victor's like are like you know all of our parents made sacrifices for our future mm -hmm. like um Berto and lydia like they immigrated mm -hmm. and so just that like, the whole idea of like these parents making sacrifices for the better future is literally like part of the immigrant like experience mm -hmm. And so to then, like, put that onto, like, the second generation, it was, like, the American dream for the longest time. But then I've learned that it's called, like, El Sueño Americano, where it's no longer, like, I'm going to America f to to be rich, to make a better life for myself. Mm -hmm. It's, like, I'm going to America so that my kids can have a better life. Mm -hmm. And then you're even pushing that one generation further, where it's, like, um, Lydia came to America for better opportunities for her daughter, who is sacrificing now um, joining the service, who's, like, risking her life for better opportunities for her daughter. Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of this, like, this cycle. It's not even, like, poverty. It's just, like, this cycle of, like, how immigration status gets handed down throughout generations, how it's constantly, like, okay, well, I may not be able to get any of the benefits of being, like, an American, but, like, my my, my kids can. And so it's constantly yeah. saying, like, Oh, like, this isn't for me, but it's for my kids. Mm -hmm. um, so I just think that's a really elegant way of, like, demonstrating that sort of concept here. Mm -hmm. uh, through these, like, parents that are... Every generation of parents is, like, making this huge sacrifice for their kids. Um, and I think that it's handled really well in this, like, one part of the episode. Mm -hmm. um, but then we, we cut back to Victor's apartment. Oh, flash forward. Yeah. And Elena shows up at his door. And this was, like, another, like, huge, like, confrontation in the episode. Mm -hmm. And she has, like, a really great monologue here about just, like, trying to move past how he treated her. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was, like, a really powerful part of the episode. You know, I've thought a lot about what happened. And 
I'll spare you the details about anger and the crying and, and the weight loss and the empty space on my wall where your picture used to be. Because I've decided that there's no point in focusing on the negatives. I'd rather think about the good things that came from this. Like, um, <laughs> you taught me a really valuable lesson. Just because I'm gay, people will hate me without knowing anything else about me. And I always knew that was part of the deal. I just, I never expected it from my own father. But now, I know not to expect the best from anyone, so thanks, I guess. Oh, and one more thing, I learned some really cool stuff about myself. Like, I'm tough. I'm really tough. And when I do stumble, I have the most amazing mom who's always right there to pick me up. So whatever, dude, I'm moving on with my life. I'm gonna be fine. Just really bummed out for you. You're gonna miss a lot of stuff, and that sucks. Because I'm pretty great. Yeah. You. And tough is how they described um, baby Elena. Mm -hmm. um, they just use that word several times to describe her. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a nice little like callback. Is like she didn't get tough because of it. She's, like, always like, been always tough. tough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of who she is, mm -hmm. not who she's become. Um, but she, like, talks about how great um, Penelope is. She also says that, like, she's, like, I'm really cool. Like, I'm just a really cool person. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel bad that you're going to miss out on it all. Mm -hmm. And then I think that's where he kind of realizes, like, yeah, I'm, I'm being really bad. <laughs> I'm being a horrible person, making mm -hmm. bad decisions. So he hugs her, and he says he's sorry. And we just get, like, that little bit from him. But... Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of enough to, like, understand as a viewer that, okay, there's kind of a, a big shift that's happening in his character now. Mm -hmm. Because we've seen the backstory of him, and we know, like, how much he sacrificed. Like, instead of spending time with his family, he was in the military because he felt a duty to, like, protect them. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that this was just, like, a really great interaction from Elena, and I thought, like... As an actress, like, Isabella Gomez, like, brought it all to that mm -hmm. scene. I thought it was great. Um, but there's just a little bit left here, and it's at the apartment. Alex is cleaning in the apartment, and he finds the, like, shawl <laughs> that oh, Mirtha yeah. stole. Mm -hmm. um, that's, like, been in the apartment f f since they moved in. <laughs> uh-huh. Lydia kind of, like, freaks out mm -hmm. and, like, throws it. <laughs> right? She's like, no one must know about this. <laughs> yeah. And um, Elidia walks in, or <laughs> Elena walks in, Elidia, <laughs> Elena walks into the apartment, mm -hmm. and Alex asks, like, how it went, and she's like, we might not be cool, but, like, we're talking, and mm -hmm. at least that's, that's a start. start, yeah. So it seems that, like, some understanding has come to Victor, and Elena seems to be at least open to the possibility mm -hmm. of a dialogue between them. And so I think that's kind of, like, a huge step in their relationship, even mm -hmm. though it kind of happened off screen. Yeah. We saw, like, all the lead up to it. So I thought that was really handled really well. Um, but we get a flashback now to Alex's birth. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Victor is in fatigues and he brings in like a young Elena. Mm-hmm. So if before we had BB Lena, this one I'm putting as Lil Lena. Lil Lena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to meet her uh-huh. uh, little brother. But then she says she wants a puppy, not a little brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Victor is in like fatigues, like military, like camouflage. Mm-hmm. And then we see more people in camouflage in the hallway. Oh, right. And so we're kind of done talking about the episode, but one thing that I didn't, like, I kind of forgot about, but we didn't know really, was that um, Penelope re-enlisted uh, after 9-11 too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was probably like military base. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. So, I don't think that's ever explored in later yeah. episodes. So, there's, like, a lot of that, story what there. What does that mean for the apartment, if they were... Yeah. Well, we know that um, Berto and Lydia, at least they, them two, lived in the apartment. So, I wonder if, like, they raised Elena. Oh. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of... This episode really opens up the story. Mm-hmm. Like... It really unfolds it in ways that I didn't realize mm-hmm. <laughs> until this watch. Um, but there is, like, a huge gap there where we know that um, Penelope re-enlisted. Mm-hmm. And then she had a baby, hypothetically, on a military base. Mm-hmm. And um, Lydia and Berto lived in the apartment for a while. And, like, mm-hmm. the family with the kids lived on the base separately. Um, but it seems like they had the apartment the whole time. Yeah, because Snyder yeah. is in the picture Yeah, since then. Yeah, and they would have had to, like, move out but, like, kept the apartment and then moved back mm-hmm. into it or, like, moved into the same apartment. Yeah. And then the fact that, like, the, um, the like, shawl there was there the whole time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I kind of didn't realize that she joined, she re-enlisted in the military. I totally forgot about that. This is, like, a lot of stuff that I would like to see covered in, like, season four. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of storytelling potential there with like a young Victor and you can bring back Tony Plana to like guest star in more episodes mm-hmm. and um, I think that yeah this was a really great episode for how like it opens up the story but also like for how it details the backstory of Victor I think is mm-hmm. really strong did you have overall thoughts yeah just that back and forth of flashback flash forward we do see how much he's changed mm-hmm him being in the military played like a really big part in that because then like later we learned that or no we'd learned before that he had like some some I guess issues afterwards like PTSD yeah yeah he was in infantry during that war in 2001 so it's probably just like a lot one of the things he says or Penelope says like I hope this doesn't turn into anything Mm. Mm -hmm. and then Watching that, knowing, like, yeah, we've basically been at war since yeah. <laughs> that day, mm-hmm. um, I think really paints it with, like, a, like a dreadful <laughs> feeling. Yeah. Like, oh, this is, like, never-ended. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a really strong way to, like, ground the story of veterans mm-hmm. while also talking about, like, a lot of other issues. Yeah. It's kind of really interesting that they're able to do that, so, like... Deftly, it seems like very kind of organic, mm-hmm. but I think this is. I think one of my like top five episodes, mm-hmm. 
Um, I think overall it's, in the series. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it just it hits really strongly and it works really well. Um, but yeah, I really think that Isabella Gomez is like some of her best work on the show is mm-hmm. in like the like monologues to Victor. I, know, I have uh, my notes here. Iconic monologue. Yeah, I think uh-huh. that that's just also very like she sells the catharsis of what she's saying mm-hmm. uh, to Victor is in like. I think what gets me is when she's like, uh, I'm like really cool and I'm sorry you're missing out on it because mm-hmm. I'm like a really cool person. I think that like says a lot about just like moving past the hardships you faced and be like, yeah, like, but I'm, I'm a good person and mm-hmm. like. And she's always going to be a good person. Yeah. He's going to miss out on it. Yeah. Like I, I'm not so much like, it's like, I'm not it's like saying I'm not so much like mad that you did that I'm mad that like you're missing out on how how great I am mm-hmm. which I think is a really like smart and like uh interesting way to frame it mm-hmm. the whole like her relationship with Victor if you could change the episode title what would it be it's kind of not a, a great title the middle school title even like worse than middle school <laughs> But I guess what happened works because it's kind of in reference to flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like what happened that like made them the way they are, and that could be about Victor, could be about like nine eleven. I feel like it's in danger of like using nine eleven as like, oh, like that's why it's so bad because nine eleven. There's like, uh, do you know Arrested Development? Mm. There's like this one episode in the scene with like Tobias and Lindsay and. Uh, I think the the main character Michael asked him like, like where did your relationship go wrong? Like what happened? And he's like, well, I don't want to blame it, but nine eleven certainly didn't help. Oh my god! <laughs> but it's just one of those things where it's like, you're in danger of saying like making this whole thing a nine eleven allegory. Mm-hmm. But I think that they really avoid that kind of smartly. I think I saw somewhere on Twitter a while ago that people were critiquing this episode. Because I think they were trying to reference, like, the use of, like, anti-Islam. I could see how, like, people would have an issue with that. Yeah, and I, I was, like, reading into those. And I remember thinking, like, that was kind of the the rhetoric of what was going on at that time. How mm-hmm. even the president was, like, you're either with us or you're with them. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, like, ingrained this whole, like mentality of like oh they're the the enemy yeah and since they were in the military that's like kind of what they ingrained them too they're like you're yeah. for america or you're out yeah and certainly like the idea of like um anti-islam or just like anti not like anti-non-white basically <laughs> yeah is like has been just like amplified and it's like very much like like front in front of us like we're looking mm-hmm. right at it so it's really easy to say that but it's like they're not grounding it in like this episode mm-hmm. as like an us versus them they're grounding it i think they even say like in stark comparison to like immigration mm-hmm. and i think looking at it through that lens is a really smart way to go about it because it's not like it's not like i have to protect my daughter from like these people who are coming to take her. It's mm-hmm. like, like your parents and my parents have sacrificed a lot for opportunities for us. 
mm-hmm. and I'm just continuing to sacrifice for better opportunities for our kids. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, I think there was a danger of doing that. And I think there's always a danger of doing that in, like, stories about, like, arm or, like, the military and, like, mm-hmm. service. And I think a lot of them aren't able to, like, thread the needle as well as this one does. Because yeah. it kind of avoids, like, saying flat-out statements. Like, it doesn't say 9-11. It doesn't say September 11th. Mm-hmm. Unless you recognize the voices, there's no way to tell who is talking. Yeah. Um. So I think that while those things also work to make it timeless, they work by, like, by almost, like, not showing their hand and allowing you to fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. So certainly, like, that's how I filled in the gaps, but... Mm-hmm. Just as easily, I think see, people could fill in those gaps with things like, yeah, that's problematic. Like Maybe it's, like, people who are a bit younger who weren't... I think, yeah, there's a really young fan base really, to like, this show. Through that time, they're, yeah. like, they, you know, they know better. Yeah. <laughs> they're really smart now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like, I think this episode really hit home for me because I do remember that time. I remember like being six and like waking up and my mom was like you gotta watch the, we have to watch the news like look what's going on it was like second grade right mm-hmm. yeah and then you, you go into school and everything's like so different like everyone just seems so like distraught and like oh did you hear what happened even as like little children like everyone's just like trying to like figure out like what's gonna happen like with the future of you know yeah i i really don't even remember like that specifically mm-hmm um, I remember, like, I used to go with my dad to the coffee shop, like, in some mornings, and I remember we ran into my teacher there. Yeah. And I remember my dad asking him, like, how did you handle that? Like, what did you do? Like, this was, like, during second grade, like, yeah. my second grade teacher who was, like, I remember my dad asking him, like, how did you, like, handle nine eleven? Did you talk about it and stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually don't, like, remember the day, though. No. No, I don't remember the day. Mm. But it was just, like... I know that I, like, lived through the day. I yeah. just And one of those things where it's, like, oh, yeah, like, the news reports, like... Mm-hmm. Like, you remember the news reports just being, like, very... Yeah. Scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that, like, any time you're talking about the armed forces, that the kind of um, nationalism that mm-hmm. is kind of inherent to a lot of those stories and the, like, unchecked cheering for America... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, the patriotism that, like, goes too far, yeah. I think, are, like, danger of doing that. But I think that, like, because it's about, this is a story about non-whites, yeah. I think that it's necessarily a different story. Mm-hmm. But, like, I wouldn't begrudge anyone for, like, saying, yeah, let's not, like, glorify the military, because yeah. I understand, like, that's something that happens in a lot of other media. I just do think that this story is a little different. Mm-hmm. Well... That does it. I think that does it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry about like around the like 17 minute mark, <laughs> our microphone went out. So we're recording this on an iPhone now. Mm-hmm. But this was just like a really, I thought a really important episode uh, to talk about. And we were like in the middle of it and I wasn't about to say like, oh, well, let's meet a different time. <laughs> yeah. We just had to finish talking about it. We'll be back with more batteries next time. <laughs> <laughs> Out of ten, I'd put this at a nine. Also nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> Soundboard. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us at one pot at a time on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
you can email us at onepotatime at gmail.com. Um, please leave us reviews. On Apple Podcasts. On Apple Podcasts. Even if you don't listen there, uh, leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you listen on Spotify or Anchor or anywhere else. We just discovered some new podcast apps. And we're like, oh, we're, we're there too? Yeah. You can at least tweet at us. Yeah. <laughs> Have we mentioned that that does it for this episode? <laughs> Soundboard? <laughs> that does it for this episode. One day at a time. Bye.